Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 1st. Yep, the final month of the 2020 NFL season is upon us. And we've started week 13, but we haven't yet ended week 12. Yes, there's going to be Wednesday afternoon football. Uh, We haven't even seen the game yet because we're taping this Tuesday night as we normally do. Anyway, uh, it, there's a lot to talk about. My name is Michael Masrick, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player, Chris Rito. You've been writing for the site for 20, almost 25 years. Welcome back to the show again tonight. How are you doing? Really well. Yeah, and again, we're going to talk about the baltimore Pittsburgh game and look ahead to it just like we did Seven days ago. It still hasn't happened. We were looking ahead to it last Tuesday. We're still looking ahead to it this Tuesday for the week that happened three days ago. I don't know how it's working out, but for some reason, that's the year of the, the, year of the COVID. That's the way we deal with it. We're, we're always uh, adjusting on the fly, I guess. Yep, everything is fluid, and uh, just really quickly, we want to remind everybody, uh, if you are listening to this live uh, or, or Tuesday night or Wednesday morning before the games happen, that Lamar Jackson uh, has been uh, tested positive for COVID. He's been placed on the COVID-19 list. It was one day after another. Key players were being put on the list. Uh, initially, it was um, Mark Ingram and, and J.K. Dobbins, the rookie running backs. They were put on the list. Uh, Willie Sneed was put on the list. Mark Andrews was put on the list. They kept delaying the game uh, to, to Sunday, then to Monday, then to Tuesday. Now it's going to be Wednesday. And as a result, uh, only Lamar Jackson, Willie Sneed, Mark Andrews, and a whole bunch of other players, <laughs> okay, they're still key to the team, are, are going to be out. But uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are going to play on Wednesday. And uh, I've been getting uh, questions today about, well, I've got uh, bullies, I've got uh, uh, Benny Snell and, and J.K. Dobbins, and I thought Dobbins was out, now he's going to play. Who do I start? So the question for, that I have for you, Chris, is that is J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins a good start or a decent start if he hasn't practiced at all and been away from the team for a while? They're going to supposedly activate him, and he's going to play along with Mark Ingram. What do you think about starting either of these two guys? Well, that's a tough call. I mean, Gus Edwards has definitely had a couple of huge games against Pittsburgh uh, in his past already, a couple of 100-yard games, and he's been playing all week. So he's probably going to get the lion's share of the action, even though he's usually number two or three on the depth chart. The big question is, is if you have Dobbins or Ingram in your lineup still ready to play because you had planned to play them in week 12, you obviously missed any opportunity to put anyone else in. You probably don't have somebody else to sub in. So, so. If you're waiting still, yeah, you probably plug him in unless you have that weird situation like you talked about as a guy debating Dobbins or Snell. If, those, if that's a choice, you play Snell because Snell is going to be the, probably the workhorse back 
for Pittsburgh uh, in that game against a very decimated Baltimore defense. So unless you have something like Snell out there to, to opt into, yeah, you absolutely play him because otherwise you're going to get a zero because you, you don't really have another choice at this juncture. Yep, yep, that's exactly the same advice I told the guy. I said, you got to go with Snell here because he's been, he's been practicing the whole week. Uh, well, actually, not the whole week, but he's been practicing. When they've been practicing, they installed everything for him because uh, James Conner went on. The, uh, by the way, James Conner's also on the COVID list, people, in case you haven't <laughs> been living under a rock uh, for the past week. But, uh, yeah, I, that's, the, that's the advice that I, I gave him. Uh, I've got a, a couple other weird questions about this game, but, you know, I'll, neither here nor there. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll gloss over those things, but we got to other things to talk about but yeah this is going to be interesting the first Wednesday game uh, <laughs> and it's going to be Wednesday afternoon because NBC has committed to showing the lighting of the annual Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center Plaza on Wednesday night so it's not Wednesday night uh, be aware that a lot of your leagues out there especially if you use like my fantasy league uh, they're going to be pushing the uh, waiver wires uh, for the week uh, a day or half a day uh, you know, so you have to be prepared about this. Uh, your commissioner might have uh, already told you about this, that some, some leagues have pushed their waiver wires to Thursday. I know the FFPC is going to do their fab report on Thursday instead of Wednesday this week. This is what it is, people, the age of COVID and, and a season under this. You've got to be fluid and, and you got to stay on top of things and know when all these games are being played. There's going to be another Tuesday night game next week. Uh, Dallas and, and Baltimore, because of this game, is taking place so so late. The Ravens need some time to prepare for that game. So it's it's just uh, one hit after another. But we're winding down. Five weeks left after this game tomorrow for the regular season, and, and then people they're going to be talking about doing a, a pseudo bubble for the playoff teams. It's going to be very interesting. Anyway, let's move on from this. The big news of the of the week, of course, coming off of the big game Will Fuller had against the te- uh, the, t- the Lions. I'm sorry on Turkey Day, is that he tested positive for a, a banned substance. He's uh, suspended for six games. There's only five left in the regular season, So, and, and the Texans are going to be playing, making the playoffs. So he's, he's out, and he might have played his last game for the Texans because he is a free agent at the end of the year. So the question is, the fantasy impact here, uh, Brandon Cooks obviously becomes the number one, but Chris, in your mind, who's the number two, number three, and are these guys worthwhile picking up? Uh, well, Kiki Kuti is obviously going to step into the starting role immediately. He's always been good. He just could never get on the field or stay on the field. So I think he's a guy who's probably on your waiver wire. I think you definitely want to pick him up and hold him. There are some potential matchups with decent uh, uh, opportunities for slot receivers like him coming up during your fantasy playoffs. I'm not so sure they're not going to try and reach back out to Kenny Stills, who was released. Uh, he, was, he was released injured, but I, I think they may be able to bring him back, and he obviously is familiar with the team. That's, that's a viable starter. Probably the most likely scenario is that well, this is, the, besides Cooks, the big boost here might be to either Duke Johnson or David Johnson when he gets back in. Both very good pass catching backs. They can be utilized in the passing game or split out wide as well. And probably the big harm here, although it's not going to keep him from being a quarterback one still, is Deshaun Watson because he obviously loses who's the guy who's been his best touchdown producer so far this year and really over his entire career. They, they almost scored like a, 
you know, three-fourths of a touchdown. Yeah, a, game a couple other guys you average. want to keep your eyes on. First of all, uh, tight end Jordan uh, Jordan Aikens. Uh, I've heard that he, they, they might end up using him out of the slot a few times there, mm-hmm. or playing time maybe for Darren Fells. And the, also they have a rookie, Isaiah Coulter, who might slot right into the number three spot or the number four, whatnot, whenever they use, depending on how he looks uh, in practice and such uh, yeah, moving forward. But obviously this is a downgrade for Deshaun Watson. But I, if I've got a guy like uh, Stafford or, or Jared Goff, I was just mentioning this to the newsletter, that uh, this might be a time actually if you can still trade to get uh, a Deshaun Watson because he's still going to probably put up better numbers than those types of quarterbacks right now moving forward because he's just playing on another level, very quietly having uh, an all-world uh, best season to date, uh, you know, but it's kind of being overshadowed by what Mahomes and, and, uh, and, and Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert are doing right now. Lots of good quarterback play going around in the, uh, in the league right now. Before I get to my uh, talk about rookies, the top rookies and all, um, I know that, Chris, that you wanted to mention the fact that, of course, the uh, Lions fired uh, head coach Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, their uh, general manager. Uh, and what does this mean for fantasy uh, owners of Stafford and the rest of the Lions for the rest of the year? What's, what's your take on that, uh, Chris? Well, the interesting thing to me is when Daryl Bevel came in as the offensive coordinator last year, he and Stafford really hit it off, and, and they, really, they were very collaborative, and the offense really exploded. They were throwing down the field more. He averaged more air yards per pass last year than he has in his entire 11- or 12-year career, and then he got hurt after week eight. Through eight weeks, he was, at, he was on pace for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and only 10 picks. So right, he, was, he was ahead of Mahomes fantasy-wise. That tells you anything through eight weeks or through nine weeks, eight games. This year so far, they were the most run-heavy team on first and second down of any team in the league, and that's with plotters like Adrian Peterson getting the bulk of that action. They were really screwed up, and Daryl Bevel had, had lost some of the control over the, the offensive game planning this year as compared to last year. Bevel had come out in his press conference and said they're going to have more fun. They're going to try and loosen up a little bit. Curious, I really think there's an opportunity here for, for Stafford as he goes down through your fantasy playoffs to maybe start producing a little better than he has. And he's got a couple of opportunities against some teams week 15 and 16, like Tampa and Tennessee, some very low, low hanging fruit as far as some poor pass defenses so far. He may be a guy that, that could suddenly have that little rise at the end of the year with his boost and the new change to Daryl Bevel. So, so don't rule him out. I know he's been a little disappointing for, for the last month or so, but that whole team has been disappointing. He's also playing without Kenny Galladay too. So if he gets him back, things could go back to a little bit more like what they were last year when Daryl Bevel was controlling the offensive game plan a little bit more. Yeah, uh, Danny Amendola has also been out injured, uh, but but Kenny Galladay oh, yeah. is the big one. The last two weeks, he's got that hip injury. He's been limited in practice on Wednesday, and had uh, not not they haven't came out and said that he's had a setback. But then the rest of the week, he just can't go. So they're going week by week on this, and hopefully, uh, you know, having a little bit more time with the Thanksgiving holiday pass and and, and not having to try to practice. Hopefully, uh, Kenny can get well and maybe even play this coming week, if not this week, then the following week. And like you say, uh, Stafford was all world the first half of last season. If they can get back to that type of game plan there and just uh, you know maybe rely more on Donde Swift if he's over that concussion and less on the plotting of the Adrian Peterson and, and, and just have Corey, uh, Carryon Johnson back up Swift, then uh, you know maybe, maybe they can make a, a big a big dent for fantasy owners down the stretch. It's going to be interesting to watch there. Anyway, before we get to the injuries, I just wanted to mention a couple of things about the top rookie quarterbacks, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends 
for the year in case you've been under a rock and all. But it's kind of interesting to notice. Uh, everybody, of course, assumed that number one pick overall, Joe Burrow, when he got off to a, such a good start uh, quarterbacking the Bengals, that he would uh, run away with the uh, with the Offensive Player of the Year honors of rookie honors. But it's not going to work out that way. Obviously, he tore his ACL and MCL a few weeks ago, and he's out for the rest of the season. But the emergence of Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert uh, has just been a, a phenomenal amazing uh, thing. The fact that they accidentally punctured the lung of Tyrod Taylor before week two's game, and Justin just comes in and, no problem, I, you know, I'll just throw for 300 yards and two or three scores, and basically he's done that almost every every week. Uh, you know, he's had a, a 42-point uh, game, a couple of 30-point games, um, and, and basically this past week, he only had 21, 20 points or so, and that was his worst game of the year, and he still, he almost snuck it in uh, a sneak there on a crazy call at the very end of the game to get to get six more points. So if you got Justin Herbert in your dynasty league, you you've got probably no problems uh you know in the in the in the immediate future in terms of you won't be needing another quarterback. But speaking of the running back situation here, everybody knows the all world season that undrafted rookie James Robinson has had and uh he is number four overall in PPR leagues with an amazing two hundred and three points fantasy points scored after week 12. But uh, what was interesting is that Antonio Gibson's made a late push here, and especially with a three-touchdown game against uh, against uh, Dallas on Turkey Day, uh, he now is uh, within one spot of Robinson at number five, passing Zeke on that list. Um, and uh, remember all the uh, all the uh, huff and puff about uh, oh Clyde Heller, uh, Edwards Hilaire, Ceh was going to you know lead the rookies and all. Well, he's still in the top twenty, but he's not anywhere near Gibson and Robinson. He's sitting at number three on the rookie list uh, in the number twelve spot with 152 points. Uh, Robinson, by the way, has over 200 points, and Gibson has 186 in PPR. Moving to the rookie wide receivers. Uh, who do you think the top rookie uh, wide receiver for in PPR leagues is Chris uh, right now? Uh, off the top of my head, my gut feeling is Justin Jefferson, but I'm probably forgetting somebody. Yep, that's exactly who it is. It's Justin Jefferson, and he leads it by a wide margin. He scored 181.8 uh, PPR points, sitting at number 13 overall. And, and by the way, his running mate, Adam Thielen, is sitting number 11 at number 180 at, at 183 points uh, overall. This is interesting because this is a run-heavy team, the Minnesota Vikings with Dalvin Cook, and there there was concern that well Dalvin Cook's going to get everything, and how can you support uh, and Adam Thielen being uh, considered a number one? Well, the bottom line here is that even though Dalvin Cook is leading uh, basically almost everybody, uh, well he is leading the league in total points now uh, per average. Uh, McCaffrey's still over 30 points. He's only played four games, three and a half games. Uh, but but uh, despite the fact that Cook is number one, you got Adam Thielen sitting in number 11 and Justin Jefferson now sitting number 13, low-end number ones. And for a team that uh, that normally relies on their defense, it's offense in Minnesota, and these guys are getting the job done. Uh, just the FYI, all you Chase Claypool uh, lovers out there, he's number two on on the list of rookies with 157 points per game, sitting at number 22 overall. C.D. Lamb is right behind him at number 23 with 148 points, and Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins is number 24, right behind Lamb with 148 points. So that makes, uh, what, four uh, rookies in the top 25 PPR leagues. Yes, uh, this rookie uh, class was talented, is talented, and they are making a big difference for fantasy owners right now. 
Uh, one more note before we go to the injuries real quick. The top rookie tight end, yeah. Can you name the top – I'm going to be surprised if you can name this top rookie tight end, uh, Chris. Who's the top rookie scoring tight end in fantasy for PPR leagues right now? Uh, scoring or points per, per game? Uh, it, it's PPR. Uh, that is a good uh, – Tanya and I was going to say, but he's not a rookie. Um, I don't know, maybe Harrison Bryant? Uh, yes. I, I, I cannot believe you – wow. <laughs> this just tells you, ladies and gentlemen, how, how, how knowledgeable Chris Rito is with statistics. Um, I'm not even going to ask you this, but the fact is is that last year we had no offense at this point, sitting at 79 points, number 22, and we had T.J. Hawkinson, even though he had an injury plague year with the ankle injury and such, he had 72.9 points. Both of them were in the top 30. Uh, this year, none of the rookies' tight ends are in the top 30. That said, Cleveland Browns rookie backup, Harrison Bryant, has 50 points, and he's sitting in the number 33 slot. No other tight end is even in the top 50. The number two guy on the list, I can't even say his name. It's the, the rookie tight end uh, the for the Broncos. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep, that's, that's what I'm talking about. So this is very interesting, people. Uh, this just tells you that it's been a very impactful season uh, for the wide receiver, rookie wide receivers. One name on that list is not on the, Well, actually, there's two from Alabama. They own my, that's, my, that's my team, Alabama. I lived in Alabama for 30 years. Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, not on the list. Uh, Jerry Judy had a little bit more points, of course. Henry Ruggs almost negligible there. They need to work on him. He, of course, he's he's been had some injuries. Uh, they're not not throwing to him very much and all. But I still still think down the road these two guys are going to make a, an impact. But definitely the wide receiver core, uh, rookie wide receivers have made more impact this year than the running backs. Uh, and 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 tight end has been negligible. Anyway, let's let's get right to the list of, of injuries real quick. Uh, there's a comprehensive list of injuries at FF Mastermind. Uh, Tua down in Miami with the thumb. They're hopeful that he plays this week. We'll see. Daniel Jones with a hamstring for New York, unlikely to play. Dalvin Cook with the ankle. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's going to play. Uh, it was only a minor thing. Uh, Josh Jacobs with the ankle, a little bit more than minor there, but they feel that he seems likely he's going to play. If They're probably going to keep him limited this week. We'll see if he practices and go from there. John Day Swift, hopefully he's going to be over that concussion and be able to play. Todd Gurley with the knee. He's kind of iffy. We'll see if he can practice. Moving to wide receiver, Julio Jones with a hamstring, uncertain there. Still calling him iffy there. DJ Chark with the ribs, uncertain there. Kenny Galladay, like I say, if he can practice on Wednesday, and then we'll see what he can do on Thursday and Friday. Hopefully he can come back. If not, it might be another week. Danny Amadola, his running mate, also with a hip, is uncertain there. And Irv Smith with the groin and back, uncertain there. And we'll see if he can practice later this week. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. 
Okay, everybody, please come to our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff on there, including a daily NFL quick bits and our free in-season eye in the sky scanner reports, including those from Chris Rito that cover the Colts. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters have been discounted to nine ninety-five. Lots of good stuff in there. You can try us for the size of a uh, cost of a medium pizza. It's our late season sale. Five more newsletters to go. Let's uh, and of course, please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Let's get to the picks, click and flick for Week 13. Uh, Chris, uh, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like and why. I'll start with Taysom Hill. He's still not going to get you anything as a passer, but if any time he's going to get some passing, the Atlanta defense is one he can get his feet wet, have some success. They're the league's worst in defending the position in just about every passing category including the fact they've allowed six quarterback rushing scores this year and among the most rushing yards quarterbacks. Hill was a fantasy winner two weeks ago in this exact same matchup. And, you know, another guy, there are a few things certain in life. There's death, there's taxes, and there's Mitch Trubisky versus the Lions. Um, he's got four straight three-touchdown games against Detroit, four of his nine career three-touchdown games, and three of his seven career 300-yard games. And this defense is number two in touchdowns allowed and top seven in passing yards allowed and quarterback fantasy points allowed, and they're just reeling while replacing their defensive-minded coach with an offensive guy. Solid play with Trubisky. Yep, totally agree with you there. Uh, Trubisky's on my click list this week, too. Two other guys I like this week, uh, well, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Minnesota. Uh, he's playing Jacksonville this week, so like I just said, it doesn't matter if Dalvin Cook runs and gets his, so we'll feel in, hopefully back from the COVID list, as well as Jefferson, and if not Jefferson, it, it, not Thielen, it'll be Jefferson and Rudolph or Jefferson and somebody else, uh, B.C. Johnson. Anyway, uh, also like Derek Carr. I know he's coming off like one of his worst games ever as a pro, but uh, they're playing the Jets this week. I think they're going to really work hard to get their game plan back together there. He's going to rebound uh, probably look at 300 yards, two, three scores in this game. So if you need him, start him. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about, Alex Smith, uh, not, he's kind of been struggling lately in passing game. Uh, I know that they've been running and such and, and winning games, but uh, against the Steelers this week, that's going to be a very tall order, a very tough order. I don't start him at all this week. Uh, and then, of course, Matt Ryan in that game against the Saints, he really struggled two weeks ago. looks like Julio, if he's been playing, he's been playing on one leg with a hamstring injury. The Saints, de- uh, Saints defense is scorching hot right now. Uh, one, one pass completed against them by uh, Kendall Hinton. Yeah, I know his practice squad uh, wide receiver, but one pass complete? Wow. In fact, he actually completed three of them. Two of them went to the Saints defense. So <laughs> there you go. I sit in Matt Ryan this week if I can. How about uh, you, Chris? Give me a couple quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why. Yeah, I think there might be a little boost emotionally for Matt Stafford, but I don't really like the matchup this week for him for this one particular week. He's not lit up the Bears in recent years, even last year when they, when they played him. And he's not top 300 yards against Chicago since an overtime game in 2015. He's also averaged under 17 points per game on the road this year with barely more than one touchdown a game. And he could be playing without Galladay and Amendola and possibly in bad weather this weekend outdoors. So probably a good time to, to sit him. He was probably your number two anyway. And then uh, guys, some people might consider uh, as DFS guy is Nick Mullins. You see Buffalo allowing the fifth most fantasy points. They might look to him, but look, looking closer, Buffalo's only allowed six touchdown passes in the last six games. And they played Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert in those in those six games. So that's pretty impressive. Um, they're only high in points against because they've allowed a lot of rushing yards and six quarterback rushing touchdowns, and Mullins is not a rusher. He's got 26 carries for a negative 15 yards in his career, only one rushing yard this year. Even with volume, this is a bad game for a guy like Mullins. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? 
Uh, I like Miles Sanders. The Pack's really not stopped anybody all season on the ground, and generally they've allowed multiple touchdowns to bell cow backs as well. Uh, and in addition, they've quietly allowed the most running back receiving yards as well. They've allowed the third most rushing touchdowns, the second most total touchdowns, and you know they're going to try and take the ball out of Wentz's hands as much as possible if you're a, an Eagles coach. So I think there could be a high-volume day with a chance for multiple scores. He's averaging 100 yards per game without a lot of fanfare. And then I like Naheem Hines here in Indianapolis. Uh, Texans have allowed nine different backs to top 100 total yards so far, and they've allowed the most rushing yards, most running back touchdowns, and eight running back receptions each of the last two weeks. Hines has been a PPR monster for the last month, leading running backs in receiving yards and touchdowns the last five weeks. He's actually been a number one ahead of guys like Aaron Jones, Ronald Jones, and CEH. So even if Taylor plays, Hines should be just fine this week in PPRs. Okay. A couple of guys I like this week, David Montgomery. Uh, they're playing the Lions. The Lions have given up the most uh, fancy points to the running backs. Uh, Montgomery is the cowbell there for the Bears. I know Trubisky's going to have a big game here, but I bet you he throws at least one touchdown pass there. One of them goes to Montgomery uh, out, out, outside. Yeah, if line up the receivers, block for him. You know, we did it this past uh, Monday night. Uh, anyway, uh, or Sunday night. Uh, anyway, I also like Raheem Mostert there at San Francisco. I think he's going to score against the beatable Bills run defense there. So if you got him, start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. Todd Gurley still got that knee injury. Um, uh, the combination of Brian Hill and Ido Smith uh, was adequate last week. And, of course, they're playing the hot Saints defense that uh, not only is stopping people via there, but also <clears throat> good run defense. So I'd, I'd sit Gurley if I could. Um, Antonio Gibson is my caution play of the week. Coming off that three-touchdown game against Dallas, well, he's going to play the Steelers this week. It's it's a, not a good matchup. Uh, you're going to start Antonio Gibson. Hopefully you'll get eh, 10 points or so, kind of like a Derrick Henry game against a really good defense. But uh, otherwise, uh, you know, you know, hope that maybe he catches uh, more than a few passes to, to get that uh, point total up for you. But he's a caution play for me. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, my caution play is Josh Jacobs. Um, unlike most winless teams, the Jets actually do not allow a ton of fantasy points to opposing running backs, despite, you know, the game script. The rush defense is actually kind of decent. They've only allowed nine total running back touchdowns and only one 100-yard rusher all year, three solid PPR scores all season, and they were off the backups. So with an ankle sprain and a competent backup in Devontae Booker, I look for low volume this week for Josh Jacobs. And, and, and again, it could be a runaway late. And then I don't like Kenyon Drake this week. The Rams have been a good D all year, and they've been very good in recent weeks against the run. They've not allowed a 100-yard rusher yet in 2020, and they've not allowed one over 50 yards since week six, and only two running backs over 12 PPR points since week two. So I think Drake's recent surge has been against bad defenses. In four games against top 20 run defenses, so top two-thirds of the league, he's only averaging two yards per carry and single-digit PPR points per game. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? I love Sterling Shepard. He's dominated receiving stats and targets for the Giants since coming back in Week 7. And Colt McCoy definitely locked on to him when he came into the game last week. He looks likely to start again. Um, he's already a solid PPR play with eight targets a game. Now he gets a team that's allowed far and away the most wide receiver receptions and yards and that should force the Giants into a one-dimensional pass-heavy offense. Good volume this week. If he gets volume, If he gets an end zone score, he might even tickle wide receiver one territory. And then we mentioned him earlier. I like Brandon Cooks this week. Um, even with Fuller's monster game on Thanksgiving, ever since Romeo Cornell took over, Cooks has more targets, receptions, and yards than Fuller, and almost as many fantasy points, surprisingly. Um, so with Fuller suspended, Cooks is going to get a ton of work. They're going to target the weak link that was exposed in the Colts secondary the last two games. 
He also comes to play in division games. All three of his 2020 touchdowns were one each in his three AFC South games, and seven of his last nine touchdowns over the last two years have been against division rivals. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Uh, you mentioned the, the Raiders there, uh, that Josh Jacobs may uh, struggle. I think Nelson Aguilar is going to flourish against that Jets secondary. They can't stop anyone. So if you got Aguilar and you need him, start him this week. Devontae Parker, uh, they're playing the Bengals this week. And uh, whether it's Fitz or two, I still think Parker is going to have a good game in here. So you're normally starting him as a two or a three. I think he might approach uh, wide receiver one numbers. We'll see. Uh, start him and don't worry about it. A couple of uh, wide receivers I'm concerned about. Boy, DeAndre Hopkins has not been catching a break, had two uh, really tough matchups in three, two of the last three weeks, uh, and his numbers have suffered uh, in PPR, getting around 10 points or so. Well, it's going to look like another one of those games because he gets Jalen Ramsey this week, and he doesn't allow much. Uh, so uh, you're going to start Hopkins, but be careful there and lower your expectations. Cole Beasley, Buffalo, um, usually very high on him, especially with uh, John Brown out. But the 49ers usually limit the slot guys like Cooper Cup. They limited him twice uh, in two recent games. So, And Beasley, that's that's his game. So uh, be careful about uh, starting Beasley. If you got a better option, take it. Um, how about a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about? And why, Chris? Yeah, Travis Fulgham. Hopefully you listened to us a couple weeks ago We said when he said he was a rental and not a long-term solution. Since the bye with Rager and then Jeffrey came back, he disappeared. Five full games with Rager active. He had a total of two catches for 16 yards. You couple this with the putrid Philly, fat, Philly passing attack and a possible switch to Jalen Hurts and a Packers team that's only allowed four receivers over 75 yards all year, he should be benched or probably dropped outright. And then this isn't a surprise, all Patriot receivers this week. Um, this whole passing offense is lackluster at bat. Bench is very good against the wide receiver the last five weeks. And so it was really a low chance of anyone doing anything and a coin flip as to whether it's going to be Harry or Bird or Myers. Just, just, just stay away from them all. Okay. How about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Uh, I like Mike Kosicki. I do think it's going to be Fitz again this week. And, and, yes, the Bengals present the most appetizing matchup for the opposing tight end with the most yards and points per game. But I think this is more about the likelihood of having Fitz magic in there. In four games with Tua, he had eight catches for 20 yards and no scores. In seven games with Fitz, he has 22 catches for 349 and three scores. And he scored five touchdowns in the last six games of last year with Fitz. He's back, and I think he should be started this week. Uh, Gesicki's solid. And I like Kyle Rudolph. You remember last week when I said the Jags allowed the most tight end touchdowns and the veteran Eifert had a solid but ancient history against them? Well, they still allowed the most tight end touchdowns after Eifert scored last week, and a similar style tight end in Rudolph is probably playing without Irv and maybe even Thielen again. He's averaging 14 PPR points per game in his two career games against Jacksonville with a low of 12. I like Rudolph this week. Yeah, that was a really good call last week. Uh, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, you know, he scored back in week one against the Bears, and I think he's going to do it again this week, especially if Galladay's out in that game. So start him with uh, – of course, you're obviously going to be starting him, but you're going to start him with confidence this week. And Darren Waller, boy, uh, you know, coming off one of uh, his lowest point games, well, the Jets are just terrible against the tight end. He, uh, Darren Waller's a mortal lock to score in this game, so you're going to you're going to start him, and he might end up uh, – he might, he might actually top Travis Kelsey this week. His <laughs> point totals – 
that would be uh, an accomplishment. But uh, he, he's obviously going to be number two, if not number one this week. So you're going to start him with confidence there. A couple of guys I'm worried about this week. Logan Thomas coming off a game where he scored against the Cowboys, but he only caught four short passes. The Steelers have allowed just one tight end to score in 2020. So if Logan Thomas catches three for 15 and doesn't score, uh, you're not going to be happy there. Be careful there. And Jordan Aikens, uh, you know, I said, well, he's not a good streaming option. He may play some out of the slot, maybe get a few more looks and all, but he hasn't done anything recently. And a tough uh, Colts tight end defense, very, very tough. I think they've only uh, allowed Robert Tunyon to score on them. So uh, be careful. I would probably look elsewhere other than Jordan Aikens. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about? Why, Chris? Uh, Jimmy Graham, the Lions have allowed the fewest tight end receptions and yards so far, although Graham did score and have a solid game against him in week one. But Graham's only got six total catches in his three NFC North games thus far, and the Lions are much more beatable by receivers than tight ends, so I would look uh, elsewhere if you can. And then my caution play is Hunter Henry. His hot streak has coincided with three very easy tight end friendly defenses on the schedule the last three weeks, but this week will be a little reality slap because the Patriots have only allowed one touchdown so far to the tight end and among the fewest fantasy points per game, receptions, and yards. Again, a caution play, but you're probably starting him. Okay. How about your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them, Chris. Uh, a couple of guys are only about 20% owned. One is Dan Bailey. Jacksonville's allowed a minimum of six and an average of 10 per game. Minnesota should roll. And then I like Matt Gay for the second straight week. He's got two straight 11-point games since joining the, Raiders, or the Rams. And Arizona allowed 10 place kicker points per game in the last five weeks. Uh, defenses, I like Dallas. Uh, against Baltimore, the Ravens' schedule and the roster is so discombobulated, they are ripe for some havoc. And the, the pass rush has looked a little better for Dallas recently. And I like Buffalo against uh, the Niners. Uh, the Niners are amongst the most generous, and Buffalo has been defense number eight uh, the last five games with the most sacks in the last five games. So I like them. Okay. Well, I, we hope everybody enjoys the Wednesday afternoon football, Baltimore against the Steelers. If you're listening to this before the game, uh, you know, best of luck. Uh, play, play, Start Snell over uh, Dobbins if you can. And if you're watching uh, after the game, well, uh, congratulations if you won your game because of the players that played in that game. And if you didn't win, uh, don't worry, you'll get them next week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarak. See you all next week when week 14 of the 2020 NFL season is previewed. Good night and good luck to everyone this week and next week in their fantasy league games. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.